Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Echo Park, a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says she want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, that's the- Good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 211 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden, coming to you after the Padres took four out of five against the Colorado Rockies in this series. A lot has happened this week. Got the Dodgers series coming up this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, We'll be comparing the Padres and the Dodgers rosters ahead of that series in a little bit. There's tons to talk about, uh, so I hope you'll stay along for the ride, if you will. this episode is brought to you by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Uh, they are located on Friars Road and inside Petco Park during the Padres season. You can visit gaglionbros.com to be their entire menu, the phone numbers, the addresses, all that stuff. Um, you know, it's a great week to be a Padres fan. Um, yeah, today was a little bit frustrating, right, with the Padres losing 7-3. to uh, Joe Musgrove didn't pitch great, left some breaking balls in the middle of the plate. Um, but look, they still won the first three games in this series when they didn't have Soto and Bell and Drury and all that, right? Um, they took both games of that doubleheader on trade deadline day when they were pretty shorthanded with their roster, right? And then they won yesterday, you know, and, and they smacked the Rockies yesterday. You know, you're not going to be able to win every game. Even the worst teams in baseball, they're able to win 60 times a year, 70 times a year. 
Um, so that was just one of those days today. I mean, the Padres, they got a little bit unlucky. Uh, and we can dive right into this game since it just happened, you know, minutes ago. Um, and then I wanted to get into the Josh Bell Juan Soto press conference, uh, get into Wednesday's game and that atmosphere, and then obviously end comparing the Padres and the Dodgers a little bit without Tatis, by the way, because that's what matters right now. That's the teams that are playing um, tomorrow, starting tomorrow, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, concluding with the Sunday night baseball game. As for today's game with the Padres losing 7 3, they're now. What is their record? 61 and 47, which is still a really good spot, obviously. Um, you know, the offense, it doesn't look that great on paper. Yeah, they scored some runs late. Uh, you know, they scored that one run in the ninth, couple runs in the sixth. Uh, they were held, held scoreless, you know, the first five innings. Uh, you know, Joe, like it's, I'm not worried about Joe, really. Yeah, he didn't have a great outing left. Pitches over the middle of the plate, breaking balls over the middle of the plate. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a slider or if it was uh, a curveball or whatnot. Uh, but he he didn't make it through five innings, six earned runs. He only walked one guy and struck out six. Um, there was just some hard hit balls, and you know Ryan McMahon. I think he had that double down the line, and then he gave up that home run right, and then it was kind of like eh probably over right here. I know you had Juan Soto and Josh Bell and all that. Like Having those guys in the lineup and having that lineup a lot deeper definitely makes me more confident that this team can come back uh, from deficits like that. But still 6 nothing, um, and the team hadn't scored anything, and it just didn't feel like anything with the baseball gods was going the Padres' way in this game, really. Like, Brandon Drury in his first at-bat, it might have been the first pitch of that first at-bat, just like last night. He pretty much homers to left field, um, but then the left fielder made a great catch, absolutely robbed him. It's on the Talking Friars Twitter account right now. So just didn't feel like anything was going their way. There was some hard hit. I think Soto smashed a ball right to the first baseman and doubled off Manny. Couldn't do anything about that. Josh Bell did get his first hit as a Padre, but there were a lot of hard-hit balls for the Padres that just didn't fall. Um, and then, obviously, Joe didn't pitch that great, and then you add in those two runs the Padres could have had if it weren't for the Rockies. Uh, great left field, uh, left fielder making that great play there. Um, this game could have been a lot closer, or the Padres could have won. Uh, but, you know, Joe, he's not going to pitch great every time out. And I I'm walking away with this series as this series was a win they took four out of five which is hard to do probably against any team and they got a lot better they improved a lot this week they won the deadline now will that pay off later in october we'll see uh but i think they're in a great spot right now everyone else in the rotation this last time through at least if i remember correctly pitched well uh snell and clevenger are looking great uh, Hader looked great uh, the other night in his first appearance. So that's what I'm taking away from this series. Uh, and, I mean, from today's game, I already talked about a lot. Um, Kyle Freeland, he didn't, like, you know, knock the Padres' socks off or anything, I didn't think. Five and two-thirds innings, two earned runs, and he walked four guys. Um yeah, there was that one, or the first run the Padres scored, I believe, was when Soto, he flew out to right, but 
Blackman and the center fielder just didn't go, they didn't communicate. Fell right in between them, and then Soto got to third. Bell drove him in with the single, I believe, uh, to center, I think. Um, that was their first run. And uh, then they got a couple more after that. It's one of those games where it's kind of like, eh, I'm just going to move on, you know. This team improved great. You're not going to win every game. And that's pretty much that. Um, what's up, Jonathan? Nat55, just trying to look at the chat here while I'm going. I'm not upset. I'm not too upset that we lost. More disappointed because how can we lose with Juan Soto? Well, <laughs> go ask the Nationals, you know. The Nationals are the worst team in baseball, and they had Juan Soto on their team pretty much the entire year. Like, you still got to have stuff around him. And even if you have Juan Soto in the lineup, and even if you have a great lineup, you still got to have a good pitching staff and still got to be on pitching-wise in the game. And Joe Musgrove wasn't really on uh, pitching-wise in this game. He gave up six runs, you know? And so when you give up six runs, I don't care how great your offense is. You might win the game, but you're making it really, really hard on yourself to win the game. And then the bullpen behind him has to be pretty much perfect, and they gave up some runs as well. Um, so how can you lose with Juan Soto? There you go. Uh, you got to still have a good pitching performance out of your entire pitching staff in the game. Um, and, yeah, I agree. I'm not too upset either. And you move on, play the Dodgers in this three-game set. It's going to be a really, really entertaining series, I think. Uh, and that's that. So I wanted to talk about – I'll get to the Bell and Soto presser, but we're talking about games right now, so might as well talk about Wednesday night's game where this was a lot better. Padres won 9-1. to one. This atmosphere was absolutely amazing. I mean, I'll just talk about my experience at this game yesterday. Um, man, I arrived. So usually, right, for season ticket holders, the season member gate opens two hours before first pitch. So it's like 4.30 for a 640 game. Um, and so usually I get there like a half hour early before that gate opens. So I'm there two and a half hours before first pitch, really. Um, so what would that be like four o'clock, something like that? Uh, I usually take the trolley and I went a half hour earlier than I usually do. So I was there at, I think three 30 yesterday and ran into Darren Smith, talked to him a little bit from extra 1360, um, while I was in line and in line, I'm usually one of the first people there. There were 30 people in front of me. Like that's how electric the atmosphere was yesterday. Um, and he just knew. And then, I mean, I don't want to forget this part either. Like, as it got closer to the gates opening, so more like two hours before first pitch when the gates were going to open for season ticket members, um, the line was the longest I've seen it at the member gate that I go in, usually. There's two member gates. There's one at the home plate gate, and then there's one by like the right field corner um and i was down by the right field corner gate and i was looking at 97.3 the fan they posted a picture i think on their twitter account of the home plate gate and it was all the way down to the corner of trevor hoffman and what is it park boulevard or whatever or is it tony gwynn is it tony gwynn and trevor hoffman there that corner the line was all the way down to there like it was huge and these are and this just shows like how 
big lines were and how many fans there, you know, 44,000 packed, the biggest like weekday night crowd on a non-opening day since like 2004 when the season opened or the park opened, excuse me. So what this shows is like, if you're going to build a winner, if you're going to bring in Juan Soto, you're going to bring in great players, the city's going to show up. And this isn't anything new. It's not like the city hasn't been showing up this season. You know, they, they had what, like 19 sellouts or something. Maybe it was 18 going into last night's game. And you knew last night was going to be sold out uh, right when they made that Juan Soto and Josh Bell edition. And so it's just a, it's props to the ownership, props to AJ Preller. AJ Preller is a legend. Uh, I wore that shirt yesterday for anyone that saw me or saw it on social media. Um, props to them. Props to both of them. Props to uh, Pete DeYoung and the pro scouting staff on the Padres and Josh Stein and Fred Ullman Jr., the assistant GMs, uh, because they worked their butt-offs to get this deal done. They worked their butt-offs to somehow get Eric Cosmer off this team. They worked their butt-off to get Josh Hader, who they've been wanting since high school. Uh, they worked their butt-off to get Brandon Drury. I know they had to give up Victor Acosta. Um, but they... They had their sights on guys, and guess what? They went out and got them. They weren't afraid, like Mike Rizzo said, the Nats GM the other day in, the, in his press conference. The, A.J. Preller was not afraid, and you got to give props, major props to him and his staff. Um, and look, they're going to benefit from it. They're going to get sellouts a lot, maybe every night game, just about every night game probably the rest of the year, I would think, if the Padres continue to win. You know, and just wait when Tatis gets back, right? If you thought... Wednesday night was amazing. Wait till Fernando gets back, and that crowd is going to be nuts. It's, it's, I don't know if it can get better than what it was yesterday, but when Fernando gets back and Soto's in the lineup, Manny's in the lineup, Crony, Drury, Bell, all of them are in the lineup, Profar, all those guys are there, and it's healthy. Everyone's healthy. That's going to be the same atmosphere. It's going to be the same atmosphere that you saw yesterday as uh, it will be the rest of the year, I think, if this team continues to win, like saying it's not like they're gonna, you know, fans are gonna like be fake or whatever, and they're just gonna they were only showing up because it was Soto's debut, and then they're not gonna show up again. Like no, they're gonna show up again because this team's legit. Um, it's not like forty four thousand people went and bought tickets right when Juan Soto was acquired. They were expecting 35,000 people there before all those trade deadline deals were made. So props to us fans, props to the Padres all around for us going to the games, supporting this team, uh, and then the return on investment. That's what the Padres are getting when we're going. Um, and just the excitement around this team is, is so, so cool. And this is probably the best team that I've ever seen as a Padre fan in my lifetime. I'm, I'm, I'm only 19. Uh, but I mean, this is, this is like an all-star team that they have and they're definitely, I think they, they're on the same level as the Dodgers. We'll see this weekend, but when they get Tatis back and all that, they're, I think they're definitely on the same level as the Dodgers and they, they're arguably the best team in the national league on paper. And so that's a, that's just great to say. And as for Wednesday, I mean, going into the ballpark, AJ Preller was taking pictures left and right with people. People know who this dude is now, you know? Um, I was talking about this on the pregame show, like diehard fans like myself, of course we knew who, who he was. We knew every, I know everything about him. Um, but those other fans where they're probably 
maybe like just getting into being like uh, kind of like a diehard fan watching every day if you get what I'm saying. Now they're starting to recognize him uh, because of these moves that he's making. And he's literally constructing, he's made this team into a World Series contender. So, again, just props to him. And uh, as for, like, the atmosphere, I mean, just that was the most people I saw during batting practice at the stadium ever. Um, There was a ton of people on the field during batting practice. Uh, as for like media members in the press box, um, I saw John and Jim, John Schaefer, Jim Russell uh, in the stands. They came up and talked to me for a little bit. Uh, that picture is posted on social media, by the way. I uh, love those guys. They were saying how everyone's in the press box, like all the media members that don't usually go uh, to games. Like this was an event. They needed to be there. That's how huge it was. And then, you know, when Juan Soto came out onto the field, running out to right field, and the fans, uh, everyone was on their feet. I was on my feet. Everyone gave him a standing ovation in the stadium, but looking at the right field corner uh, and just seeing him salute the fans like that, uh, point in both directions, and everyone giving him a standing ovation, then when he came up to the plate, a standing ovation, and when he walked, everyone was clapping. And same thing when Josh Bell came up and when Brandon Drury came up. I know I stood and clapped. Then I sat back down, and then he hit a freaking grand slam, and the place just went nuts. I was jumping up and down. Like, that atmosphere was just crazy, high-fiving people that are, like, strangers uh, to the right and left and behind. It's like, that's just, it was like, it was the best place to be on earth last night. And it was just amazing, an amazing, amazing experience. And we're going to see a lot more of those, a lot more of those, because, again, like I said, this fan base, is passionate, we're passionate, we love this team, and we're just dying to see this team have success uh, in the regular season, finish off with success, and then once it hits October, you know, go win a World Series. Go win a World Series. Um, so, man, that was a fun night. Uh, Crony was, had the hit by pitch, then he hit a bomb. Manny hit a bomb. Uh, it was like 99 miles an hour off the bat. And then Brandon Drury, obviously, with the grand slam uh, to left center field. I absolutely just love the moment for him. Anyone that has watched or listened to uh, this show, the Talking Frogs podcast and YouTube show, they know that weeks ago before the trade deadline, I made a trade hypothetical about Brandon Drury when no one was talking about him. I made another one about Anthony Santander, but obviously that didn't happen. I wasn't surprised that it didn't happen because. Uh, you know, he has multiple years of control. The Orioles are actually kind of in it this year. But with Drury, like, I thought it was a perfect fit. Um, less than a million dollars this year, and obviously that's less than a million dollars that they're going to be paying him this year, uh, especially, you know, the rest of the year, especially because his contract is prorated now um, because some of the season has already went by. Um, and he can play multiple positions. AJ loves having players with flexibility. First, second, third, DH, probably some outfield. Like, I just love the fit. 20 home runs already, had the power. And um, that was a great fit. And so, excuse me if I pump my chest out a little bit when Brandon Drury hits that grand slam. And I was pumping my chest out a little bit when AJ made the trade for him. I was like, no way, this is actually happening. Like, I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard no one talking about Brandon Drury. I mean, 
obviously he's not the biggest name and he's not going to be the biggest name. And I, that's totally understandable. Like they just acquired Juan Soto uh, and Josh Bell, who you know has been the home run derby before. I understand that. Um, and that's why that's where the focus was, you know, it was on Wilson Contreras as well before the deadline uh, among Padre fans and the chatter on social media and on the radio and stuff. Um, Contreras didn't even get traded. That was kind of weird, I thought. Um, but it was great to, to see that trade actually happen. And I love this. I was at the game, so I didn't hear Don Orsillo's call, but I absolutely loved the call once I did hear it. So here is Don Orsillo. Valley Sports San Diego for the Grand Slam. If you were at the game or if you just haven't heard it yet or you were driving and listening to the radio with Jesse and Tony, but here's Don Orsillo's call. Here, credit, obviously, to Valley Sports San Diego. Here it is. Drury to left field. Connor Joe going back. Brandon Drury now plays. It's Slam Diego. Brandon Drury in his first AB in a Padres uniform. It's a Grand Slam. Why? Because he's in Slam Diego. That's perfect. That's a perfect call right there from Don. Why? Because he's in Slam Diego. That's perfect. Don, he's amazing. By the way, that interview that they did uh, today with Blake Snell, that was amazing too. Uh, I encourage you to go rewatch that or on the replay. They'll probably have it on Valley Sports San Diego. If you didn't catch the game, you were working today. Uh, they were talking about him, you know, having a little bit slow starts, and Blake was even asking about Don and Mud's favorite ice cream. What else were they talking? I mean, Cleb was throwing seeds at him during the interview. It was great. I definitely recommend uh, anyone that missed that to go check that out. Maybe I'll post more clips later. Um, Dan here in the comments says, Hosmer having a feature on MLB Network, live at bat, return to Kansas City. I'll go rewatch that later. Yeah, and I'll probably post that. Um, I know... I want to keep things positive uh, and not really focus on Hosmer too much because that's in the past now, and I'm so freaking excited that we don't have to deal with Eric Hosmer anymore. But the fact of the matter is Padre fans are going to be interested in seeing how Hosmer does, and they probably think that Hosmer is probably going to be given better effort in Boston than he was here, or he's all of a sudden going to turn back into the Kansas City Eric Hosmer, or all of a sudden he's going to be this gold glove first baseman because that's just what happens to Padres when they leave us. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go look at that later. I'll probably watch a little bit of that game. The Jeter documentaries tonight on ESPN. So I'm going to watch some of that. That's probably like 6 o'clock. So I'll try to get done with this before then. Um, but going back to Wednesday, just an electric atmosphere. I mean, Blake Snell yesterday on Wednesday pitched great as well. Uh, what did he do? He gave up one run, I think. Yeah, gave up one run. That was the only run the uh, the Rockies scored all night. His final line, six innings, one earned run, nine strikeouts. And you know it's going well when Blake doesn't walk anyone. And he didn't. He was great. Uh, it almost looked like he was going to throw like a no-hitter or something in the first two innings when he had a perfect game going. I know it's early, but he just looked that great. Um, and then I said this on the pregame show, just getting back to the lineup. Like, holy cow, even without Fernando – like, I saw the lineup, you know, I was going to the trolley, saw the lineup yesterday before the game, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is a really good lineup. First one was Soto in it, Bell. It, it looked great. Drury was DHing, I think, right? Looked great. Um, Alfaro was in there. Like, it looked really, really deep. Grisham swinging the bat well. 
but it wasn't until I was actually watching the game live at Petco and I'm seeing, you know, Profar come up and I'm like, oh, okay. Then you look on deck and there's Juan Soto. Then you look on deck after when Soto's up and you got Manny. Then when Manny's up, it's like, oh, here comes Josh Bell. Then here comes Jake Cronenworth. Oh, by the way, he was an all-star and casual fans are not even going to think about Cronenworth first. They're going to be thinking about Bell and Soto, Tatis, Manny, Musgrove, Darvish, Snell, Hayter, like all of these all-star names. And then after that, you got Drury, who's already hit 20 bombs. And then Alfaro has some power and Grisham. And um, it was just, it was Kim in there. I think Kim was in there. Like it was deep. It's a deep lineup. And just imagine when Tatis comes back and Kim, you don't have to have Kim in the game as much as often. Or if you want Tatis in center and you have Kim in there, if he's hotter than Grisham, like it's a deep lineup. And then if you want to have someone, you want to have a situation like today where you have Crony get a day off. Uh, I know he hit in the sixth inning pinch hit, but get a day off there. Um, you can put Brandon Drury at second base and you can have Josh Bell play, or excuse me, Myers play first. Bell DH, or you can have Bell first, Myers DH. You want to give Manny a day off, you can have Drury go play third and have Tatis play short when he comes back and Crony at first, Bell at first, or excuse me, Crony at second, Bell at first. Or if you want to give someone in the outfield a day off, I'm sure, I think Drury can play the corners a little bit. If you want to give Grisham a day off, I think Soto's played center field in the past with Washington. Like there is so many dang options with the depth that this team has. Obviously, you hope guys stay hurt, you know, knock on wood, right? Um, but there's so much depth and Bob Melvin must be in like heaven, lineup heaven, if that's a thing, uh, you know, constructing this lineup because he knows he has so many good scenarios. And with this depth, it's like, oh, who's going to play? Who's not going to play? Like, that's a good problem to have. And, you know, the days are gone of having to see, you know, a Zo not, I have nothing against them, but seeing a Zokar and Matthew Batten starting games all the time in the, or, you know, every day in the lineup. Because there was that point during this year where uh, when Manny was hurt or whatever, like they did have to go back to that. And that's definitely not that's not what is happening right now. Uh, Batten's still on the roster, but he'll be sent down when Tatis comes up, I would think. So uh, Wednesday, that was maybe the best Padres game I've been at. I'm just trying to think of other great games. I mean, when they swept the Dodgers last year, that was great. But they didn't have Juan Soto on their team. They didn't have... When, you know, when Soto came out, the whole crowd giving him a standing ovation like that. And like, you know, those Dodger games, you have Dodger fans there. And yesterday, it was Padres fans. It was the Padres Stadium. It was Petco Park. And it was the city of San Diego celebrating the work that Preller and his staff and Seidler and his staff and everyone has done. It was just a big celebration of the city of San Diego. You didn't have... I'm sure there were fans of the Rockies there, but you didn't have, you know, Dodger fans, you know, dumping beer on anyone or, you know, cursing or getting into fights. Like, it was just a great, great atmosphere there. So, it was amazing. Um, all right. I wanted to get to the Josh Bell and Juan Soto press conference. Just a couple takeaways there. That was before the game yesterday. That was at 1 p.m. at Petco. Uh, Scott Boris was there in the first row. Uh, Bell, Soto... And then it was Preller and Seidler left to right. Uh, props to Jim Russell, by the way, asking my question uh, to Juan Soto. Uh, Jim was at the press conference, and 
he, I was like, you better ask a question. And he's like, what question do you have? And I'm like, ask Soto what boat he's getting Nick Martinez. Like, it's a funny question. Um, you know, what are you doing there if you're just going to sit there, you know, not ask a question? Um, so he asked it. And Soto, the clip's up on the Talking for Hours Twitter, by the way. Uh, he said that he, he thought it was a little too much that Nick Martinez asked for a boat. Because, by the way, the backstory, I didn't even mention this. Martinez used to wear 22. Now he wears 21 because uh, Soto's 22. And so they negotiated a deal. And now Soto said that he's going to be giving Nick Martinez a watch. So it's not a boat, but it's a watch. We found that out thanks to Jim Russell asking uh, the question that I requested. So there's a little bit of that. Um, and then the two main quotes, I posted this on the socials and YouTube, I believe, as well. Uh, Juan Soto obviously saying, I wish good luck to the other pitchers, and then a laugh after that. And then later that night, yesterday, for the Padres to score nine runs. And by the way, this is with the offense without Fernando. Uh, Myers wasn't in there. Like, <laughs> talk about... I wish good luck to the other pitchers. Speak it into existence. There you go. Um, this lineup, it is so, so deep. I think a, a clip came out from yesterday's episode on YouTube or, or earlier today. I think it was at like 10 a.m. I posted that. Um, just talk about how deep this lineup is going to be with Fernando there. Even without him there, you know, Kim's swinging the bat pretty well. Like, uh, there's, there isn't really any holes in this lineup right now. You could go eight or nine with. Grisham and Kim, uh, but like Grisham swinging the bat well, you know, Kim, he's swinging the bat well. Um, so it's a great time to be a Padre fan. And then Josh Bell saying the time is now for the Padres. So let's get after it. Like Josh Bell, he wants to win. Uh, his shoulders are freaking massive, by the way. If anyone didn't watch that press conference, I encourage you to go look back at clips or you can just look at him in a Padre uniform these past couple games. He is huge. Um, he's from Texas. Played with Pittsburgh, played with Washington, has never won a World Series. He came in and played with Washington as their first baseman after the Nationals won in 2019. So he's as hungry as Musgrove and everyone to win a World Series. Maybe not as hungry to win for the city of San Diego, but he's hungry to win and he's a Padre. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You're hungry to win. You're hungry to win. Um, and a lot of these guys haven't won a World Series before. Manny Machado included, and he's the team leader. Fernando included. Musgrove, you know, a lot of guys. Um, Josh Hader, a lot of guys have never won one. Um, and so they're just hungry to do it. And I absolutely love that. So I thought the Bell and Soto press conference, it was pretty short. Um, but hey, we got to see him. It's a reality. Got to see him on the field later that night. Uh, there was that funny story with AJ Preller uh, talking about how Soto was number one on Chris Kemp, the international scouting director's board. Uh, when Soto was a prospect and Preller moved Soto down to number two and had Yohan Moncada at number one. At that time, the Padres didn't have enough money to, to go sign both of those guys. And they ended up trying to put all their effort towards Moncada and he ended up going to the White Sox, I believe. Or was it, was it Boston? No, no, no. He was, I think it was, no, I think it was Boston. I think Boston, right? He was with Boston before he went to Chicago. I think. Or maybe I have that the other way around. Yeah, I think he was with Boston before he went to Chicago. Um, and so Boston won out on that. Whoever 
It's not the point. Makata's first team won out on that over the Padres. Soto ended up not going to the Padres. He ended up going to the Nationals. But the Padres obviously had their sights on him ever since he was, you know, that young kid that they were trying to sign or that was number two on A.J. Preller's board when some people in the organization thought he should have been one. Imagine if he was one and we would have had Soto this entire time and we wouldn't have had to give up those top prospects, Abrams, Gore, Hassel, Wood, Susanna. We, we wouldn't have to give up any of those guys. That would be a crazy hypothetical to go down. and you know. Um, but we'll never know. Soto has a World Series already, but he's also hungry. He was talking about that, how he wants to win one for San Diego as well. Um, so I, I love the press conference, and then we already talked about, obviously, yesterday's game, today's game. Yeah, today was a little bit disappointing, but they still are 61-47 and 47 in a good spot in the second wild card. I think they're three games back of the Braves, three and a half maybe now. I don't know if the Braves have played today or they've completed a game or whatever, but the Padres are in a playoff spot, and they're 11 and a half back, I believe, of the Dodgers for the division, maybe 12 back now, but that's not what they're focused on. They should probably be focused on trying to get that first wild card so they can host the Braves or host that second wild card team uh, in that three game wild card series. Because that's obviously a huge advantage for anyone was, that was at that game yesterday. Uh, seeing that crowd, like the Padres, they fed off of that. No doubt about it. Jerks and Profar on Twitter posted about it um, after the game. Like they definitely fed off of it. Bob Melvin obviously is not used to that, you know, being in Oakland for so long. It was great. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. My bad. Yeah, Roan, I see you guys in the comments here. Didn't Musgrove win one with the Astros? You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, I don't think he played a huge part. He was a reliever back then. Like, he was one of their, like, lower relievers, I think, at that time. He's de he was not Joe Musgrove at that time, you know, if that makes sense. Like, he wasn't as big as he is now. Sorry, that totally slipped through my mind. Yeah. I knew that, but yeah, I totally forgot about that. Good call, guys. Still, the point remains. I mean, Musgrove's from here. He's as hungry as anyone to win a World Series for the Padres. To do something that Musgrove, or excuse me, to do something that the city of San Diego has never experienced before. All right, I wanted to compare the Padres and the Dodgers without Fernando Tatis Jr. heading into this three-game series. Uh, Sunday night, it is on ESPN, Sunday Night Baseball. That's at 4.08. Tomorrow's game's at 7.10. And Saturday's game, I believe, is at 6.10. Tomorrow, it's going to be, I think it's, uh, yeah, Shamanai's on the mound against Tony Gonsolin, so that'll be a good pitching matchup. Clevenger against Andrew Heaney uh, on Saturday. That's at 6.10. Both of those games, Friday, Saturday on Valley Sports San Diego, and then at 4.08 on ESPN on Sunday night, Darvish against Tyler Anderson. I think Kershaw exited today's game against the Giants uh, with an injury. I don't know what the injury is. I don't know if there's an update on that. Let me check real quick. But the update might change for the podcast audience or anyone that's listening on or watching on replay on YouTube. Uh, it says back pain, lower back pain. Kershaw left Thursday start against the Giants. So that's not good news for the Dodgers. And obviously, you don't want anyone to get hurt. Um, the Padres weren't going to face Kershaw anyway in this series. So, it, you know, that's good news at least. Um, 
All right. So I didn't look at the bullpens, but just going into this, by the way, I would think that the Padres' bullpen is better than the Dodgers right now. They just picked up the best closer in baseball, and they have Garcia and Chris Matt and Martinez and Mora Hohenthor and Gas. Like, I think they have the better bullpen than the Dodgers right now. That's just me. Uh, but I'm going to compare the lineups and then the starting rotations in terms of and I'm comparing them with baseball reference war. There's obviously a ton of statistics that we can talk about, uh, home runs, RBIs, and all that stuff. But that would take such a long time to do. And I just wanted to make it simple for, uh, you know, the casual fan maybe that's listening or watching, just getting into this. Uh, war, win above, wins above replacement. It's just a stat that's trying to uh, tell fans how much value each player has. Like they take into account the offensive stats, the defensive stats. Um, and so, like, if someone has like a five war this year, Five wins above replacement. For anyone who doesn't know, that would mean that they, they're worth five wins better than a replacement minor league player that would come up and replace them, play that same position. So it just accounts for how valuable each player is to their team. And so I'm using those numbers with the Dodgers and the Padres, their starting lineups um, and their rotations just to compare which team has been better this year or which team is better right now in terms of that. I know that obviously that doesn't look the Dodgers have a better record than the Padres, right? And Bell and Soto, they didn't have a whole lot of protection around them in the Nationals lineup. So like if you if they if they were on the Padres this entire year, maybe their stats would look different, right? Or Josh Hader, who knows what his stats would look like, right? But that that's not I'm not getting into the bullpens, but you get what I'm saying. Like of course these stats might look different if these new players were on the Padres the whole year, but I, I think this is just like the simplest way to look at it. Trying to toss out the record right now, because I know the Padres obviously haven't been as good as the Dodgers this entire season, but the two teams are not the same teams anymore, right? So starting off with the catching position, Will Smith has edged out Jorge Alfaro in that so far this year. He has a 2-8 war, 2.8 war. Alfaro is 1.3. Uh, at first base, Freddie Freeman has a 4.5 war. He edges out Josh Bell. Bell is a 3.6 war. By the way, these stats are through August 3rd, so through yesterday, because I knew I was going live today, and Baseball Reference doesn't update their war until the, the day is over. So that wouldn't even be updated anyway. Um, so, so far, Dodgers have won the catching position and the first base position. Second base, Gavin Lux has a 2.5 war. Crony has a 3.8 war, so the Padres are winning at second base. Uh, Third base, Justin Turner has a one war. Manny has a 4.3 war, so a blowout there. In left field, Gallo, a zero war. Obviously, he sucked with the Yankees. Uh, maybe it's a fresh start. Who knows what will happen? I know he got a hit today, at least at least one. It was a ground out, but I think the shift kind of screwed the Giants there. Profar is a 3.7 war, so the Padres coming back here. They are tied 3-3 now. In, or wait. No, 3-2 now in terms of, or no. Hang on. Um, two, one, two, three. Hang on, well, I'll calculate that at the end. Uh, center field, Bellinger has a 1.3 war. Grisham has a 1.6 war. So Grisham, for all the crap that we kind of gave him for his defense and stuff earlier this year, we've uh, beat that. Oh, did I, I didn't say shortstop. Trey Turner has a 3.6 war, sorry. 
Uh, Kim has a 3.3 war. So Trey Turner is obviously viewed as the better shortstop from anyone in baseball in terms of like overall hitting and defense. But Kim is close in war so far this year. And that's obviously the Padres' backup shortstop when everyone's healthy. Um, center field, we're going to talk about Bellinger 1-3, Grisham 1-6. Right field, Betts 3.9, Soto 3.9. So they are tied through yesterday's stats. Uh, DH, Max Muncy 1.3 for the Dodgers. And then for the Padres, Brandon Drury. I could go Will, but he's been hurt for a couple months. So I think it's only fair to be to go with Brandon Drury. His war is 2.2. So let's see here. So the Dodgers, they have... One, two, three, uh, they have won three positions. There's one tie, Betts and Soto. So we'll take it'll be so the Dodgers three wins out of these positions. The Padres have one, two, three, four. Five. So, in terms of the starting lineup, the Padres win the war battle against the Dodgers, uh, five to three to one. Five, three, and one would be the Padres' record, if, if that makes sense, against the Dodgers in terms of like position by position war. They have five players in their starting starting lineup better in terms of war than the Dodgers. Bell, or, uh, excuse me, for the Dodgers, it's. They have three guys. It's Smith over Alfaro, Freeman over Bell, and Turner over Kim. For the Padres, it is Crony over Lux, Manny over Turner, Profar over Gallo, Grisham over Bellinger, and then Drury over Muncie. So five, three, and then one. The one tie, Betts and Soto, three, nine, three, nine. In terms of cumulative war among that starting lineup, the Dodgers war, 20.9. Again, these stats are through yesterday. The Padres' cumulative war, 27.7. So that's significantly better than the Dodgers' war. Obviously, picking up Soto and Bell obviously helps. Um, and Kim uh, had a surprisingly almost equal war to um, Trey Turner. So the Padres have that edge. In terms of the starting rotation, the Dodgers have the edge of the Padres. In cumulative war, 10.5. Padres' cumulative war, 6.2. Um, but maybe it's a little misguiding because I think the Potters rotation as a whole probably got off to a little bit of a slow start. They did have a six-man rotation. They had a rookie in Mackenzie Gore dealing with some issues late before the trade. They had Nick Martinez starting some games. They had Reese Kinnear doing some spot starts. Uh, but the same thing you could probably say for the Dodgers, for Dodger fans that are watching the team every day. I don't watch the team every day, so I can't comment on that. Um, but Julio Arias... Has a 2-3 war. Uh, Musgrove, 2-6. Kershaw, or hang on. Let me just go through the wars of the Dodgers, and then I'll go through the wars of the Padres. Again, this is through yesterday. Urias is 2.3. Kershaw, who got hurt, 1.8. Gonsolin, 3.1 war. Anderson, Tyler Anderson, that is, 2.3. Andrew Heaney, a 1 war. So their total, 10.5. Then the Padres total is 6.2. Musgrove's at 2-6. Before today, probably went down. Darvish is 2-3. Clevenger is 1. Snell is 0.4. And Manaya is negative 0.1. Um, but look, you know, the war with pitchers, it doesn't totally, I don't think, reflect the total value of the pitchers. Like, 
there's sometimes where the offense scores six runs for the pitcher and going giving up three runs going six innings that's a or seven innings that's very valuable you know you gave three runs and maybe someone didn't give up any runs uh but you know that that's still really valuable um so i guess it's kind of dependent on the situation uh and manaya's hitting his stride i think snell's he always usually pitches better in the second half, and he's doing that right now. Again, he had a great start yesterday with those six strong innings. Clevenger's pitching like the Cleveland Guardians version of Clevenger. Uh, and then Darvish and Musgrove, they've been solid most of the season. I know Musgrove, uh, I mean, these stats aren't through today. It's through, through yesterday, so it doesn't even take into account today. But even not counting today, like he's been really good this season, and he had a couple clunkers. Um, so... The Padres have the Dodgers beat with the lineup. They don't have the Dodgers beat with the rotation. But I think the Padres are hitting their stride with their rotation. So you can make the argument the Padres are the better team on paper than the Dodgers going into this series. The bullpen, I didn't look into those numbers. I didn't have a whole lot of time. Uh, but I could, I guess, look it up on baseball reference right now, just looking at like quickly like ERAs um, for the Dodgers bullpen. These stats would be through yesterday as well, so it would still work. Let me go through this here. So, pitching. So, Craig Kimbrell's their closer. He has a 4-1-4 ERA. And I, here, I'll, I'll just compare that with the Padres bullpen right now and how that looks. Going on baseball reference here. So, going down to the bullpen. So, it still has Taylor Rogers as the closer. So I got to look up Hater. Hater's ERA isn't that great, but I think we know that Kimbrell's past his prime and Hater is in his prime. Like Hater's ERA is 4.11, Kimbrell's ERA is 4.14, so it's pretty much identical, but I think everyone here would agree that Hater is the better closer than Kimbrell. Uh Chris Matt has a 2.76 ERA, Evan Phillips has a 1.5 ERA, so he's doing good. Uh Bruce Dark Gradwell's on the IL 3.35 ERA. For the Padres, Garcia has a 3-1-8 ERA. He's been pitching pretty good as of late. Phil Bickford has a 5-plus ERA. Alex Vestier with the Dodgers, a 3-2-4 ERA. And then for the Padres, finishing out those bigger guys in the bullpen, uh, Morahone is a 6-plus ERA, but limited appearances. If you've been watching him, uh, you know that he's doing – he looks pretty good right now. Uh, Nick Martinez, 3-5-5 ERA, but some of those were – Again, some of those were him starting games, so that, that's not totally accurate. His ERA is lower out of the bullpen. Um, you know, Kinnear, obviously, that's a very small sample size. He's not a high-leverage guy. Um, you know, Steven Wilson at 378 ERA. Like, I know it's just ERA, and that's obviously maybe that's not the best. I mean, maybe I know a lot of people like Whip. If you look at Whip, I'm not going to go through every guy. I know probably a lot of people don't care what people's whips are, but it looks kind of identical here, Padres-Dodgers. So maybe that's a coin flip, but I'm going to go in terms of just one guy out of the bullpen, I'm picking Hader over Kimbrell. That's just me. And so I think on the on paper, you can make the case the Padres are better than the Dodgers. Um, but again, that's on paper, right? So, all right. I just realized that my mic has not been on this entire time. So I'm just speaking to the computer. Hopefully in the chat, let me know if you guys can hear me well. I've literally just, I've been talking into the mic here, but it's not on, I don't think. 
So hopefully you can hear me. Let me know in the chat that you were able to hear this entire episode. I don't want to post it on the podcast, uh, you know, 45 minutes in and it was just mute the whole time. Okay, you did hear me. Okay, good. All right. So, yeah, Padres, Dodgers. I keep having the mic here. Um, I guess I'll just continue because I'm almost done here. Padres, Dodgers this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's going to be really, really fun. A fun series to watch. Can't wait to not just judge this team on paper against one another like I just did, but to actually watch and see Juan Soto at Dodger Stadium. Not in a Dodger uniform like Dodger fans were chanting in the stands. I saw that video before the deadline. No, he's in a Padre uniform in the right field. That's going to be amazing. Uh, and then Tatis will probably have a live BP tomorrow. Finish that out before going on a rehab assignment. Things are looking up. Uh, I know they lost today, but they took four out of five in a five-game series. That's probably hard to do if you're a player. I'm not a player. I would assume that's hard to do. Uh, yeah, they had an off day today, but, you know, that's baseball. You're not going to win every game. They're in a good spot right now, 61 wins in a playoff spot. This team improved significantly at the deadline. It is great to be a Padre fan. I'm living in the best city in the world, I think. Uh, you know, get to go to the ballpark, and I'll be there on Monday and Tuesday in the best ballpark on earth. It's a good time, great time to be a San Diego and a great time to be a Padre fan. And I thank everyone for um, – and, and – you know, being on this ride with me uh, and uh, just being a Padre fan. So that'll do it. This episode, again, brought to you by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. You can follow the social media channels at Talking Friars, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I encourage you to, to, to subscribe to the Talking Friars YouTube channel if you have not already. Daily Padres content. Uh, if you want to support the channel, you can use the Super Chat button on live streams and on videos, the Super Thanks button. I appreciate everyone. I'm Ben Fadden, your host, signing off. Go Padres and enjoy your night. See you, everybody.